Welcome to Connect the Dots with Obianuji, where we expose the links between harmful ideologies and harmful policies. Our first story today is from Kenya, where a pro-life billboard campaign by a Christian woman has aroused fierce opposition of pro-abortion NGOs and lobbyists. By bringing pressure to bear on local politicians, these billboards have now been taken down from the prominent positions where they were in Nairobi. Now, the shocking thing here is that abortion is illegal in Kenya, apart from exceptional cases. And the vast majority of the Kenyan people are pro-life and so opposed to the legalization of abortion in their country. A few years ago, a very robust survey was done in Kenya by Ipsos, the polling company, and they asked people what they thought about abortion. And it's very obvious to see from this survey that more than 80% of the people who were questioned actually said that they were against abortion in every case. So yes, indeed, Kenya is a pro-life country. So how is it that a pro-life activity or a pro-life campaign against an illegal activity in this country was taken down like this? Let's take a look at the background. Kathy Kageni Oganga conducts a ministry at her Pentecostal Christian church at the Kenyan capital. And she's staunchly against abortion and campaigns against it. As part of her mission to bring home the reality of abortion to Kenyans, she paid for a series of billboards which were then displayed along the main roads in Nairobi. They contained hard-hitting slogans like, abortion is murder, shut down abortion clinics, speak for the unborn. These are messages that majority of the Kenyan people will actually agree with. Meanwhile, there have been many activist groups in Kenya pushing for the liberalization of abortion for the last couple of years. Several of these activist groups are in fact Western organizations seeking to change the laws of developing nations such as Kenya. One of such organizations is the Center for Reproductive Rights. They have an office in Nairobi, but they are headquartered in New York. This U.S. activist group boldly campaigns to change laws on abortion through aggressive litigation and judicial activism. A few months ago, they were involved in challenging the legal restrictions against Marie Stopes International, and I talked about it a bit on this show. Now, this organization also, Center for Reproductive Rights, has had a really massive case going through the courts in Kenya for the last couple of years about a, a young woman who had procured an illegal abortion. Their aim is to completely exhaust our system and then thereby get an abortion legalized through the courts something that has already been done in some Western countries. That is the technique and tactic that the Center for Reproductive Rights has used. So back to the billboard case, the Center for Reproductive Rights was one of the ring-leading organizations that opposed uh, this particular pro-life initiative in Kenya. Now, in addition to the Center for Reproductive Rights, were some other organizations like the Trust for Indigenous Culture and Health, IPAS, which is a well-known abortion lobby group, as well as Women Link Worldwide. These are Western organizations fighting a pro-life initiative happening in an African country. So these organizations petitioned the regional governor asking him to have the billboards removed within 14 days. Their claim was that the signs stigmatized abortion and denied Kenyan women their right to get abortions. Such claims make no logical sense whatsoever because, as I said earlier, abortion in Kenya is illegal in most cases, and the overwhelming majority of the Kenyan people want to keep it that way. However, if the pro-abortion campaigners and lobbyists are to succeed in changing the Kenyan abortion law, 
then removing the reminders of truth about abortion is the first essential step. So is it any wonder that this common sense pro-life initiative has attracted such fierce reaction and opposition? Now we move from Africa to the Caribbean where abortion advocates have found allies in the most unexpected place. A debate is currently taking place in Jamaica as to whether to legalize abortion or not, but the majority of the people themselves are indeed against liberalization of abortion. But that has not stopped pro-abortion advocates from pushing the issue. Using tactics reminiscent of the legalization campaign that took place in the Republic of Ireland, Jamaican MP Juliet Cuthbert Flynn is exploiting the death of one of her constituents from a botched abortion. MP Cuthbert Flynn is now calling for the legalization of abortion in Jamaica. Support for the move has astonishingly come from the Anglican Church. Bishop Howard Gregory, the head of the Anglican Church in Jamaica and the Cayman Islands, has given his backing to the legalization of abortion in certain cases. Speaking at the meeting of the local synod a few weeks ago, the bishop said that the Anglican Communion will allow abortion in certain cases, for example, in cases of rape and incest, cases where the baby has some abnormalities, as well as in cases where the physical and mental health of the mother are in danger. He criticized Christians that he described as being doctrinaire on the sanctity of life when the issue of abortion comes up. But as we know, pro-abortion campaigners are all too happy to use exceptional cases to push for wider access on abortion. So the concession by Bishop Howard Gregory is in fact a gift to hardline pro-abortion activists and advocates. Then there's also the small matter of killing being prohibited by the Bible. Surely this must mean something to the bishop, right? Anyway, a few weeks before the Anglican bishop came out in support of the legalization of abortion, a group of self-described committed Christians wrote an open letter to the Jamaica Observer newspaper. They expressed their support for the legalization of abortion up to 12 weeks. The signatories of this letter, which included clergy, theologians, and academics, tied themselves in knots trying to reconcile their support for abortion with Christian belief in a loving God. One of their claims is that abortion up to 12 weeks is not killing a human person. They also argue that babies resulting from unwanted pregnancies can grow up with smaller brains than other children. They use this bizarre claim as a justification for aborting these children. However, the claims of these committed Christians are in opposition to the overwhelming majority of Jamaicans. A recent opinion poll showed that 75% of the people were against the legalization of abortion. It remains to be seen whether the country's parliament will respect the values of the pro-life majority or the priorities of the pro-abortion minority. We now go to the United States for these two stories that show exactly how crazy and extreme pro-abortion politicians in America are becoming. First, we go to Alabama, where the Republican-controlled House of Representatives has passed a bill by 74 votes to three to ban abortions in most circumstances. It is seen as a direct challenge to Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court case that resulted in abortion becoming a federal right in 1973. During the debate on the bill, Democrat State Representative John Rogers spoke about his opposition to the proposed abortion ban, and then he made this unbelievable statement. 
Some kids are unwanted. So you kill them now, kill them later. You, you bring them in the world unwanted, unloved. Then you send them to the electric chair. So you kill them now, kill them later. Of course, Rogers faced widespread criticisms for his remark, but then he doubled down and said he knew exactly what he was saying and he meant to say it. It was during this time that Donald Trump Jr., the president's son, tweeted a criticism of the state representative's comments. Now, this tweet got some attention to the point that when a journalist confronted John Rogers about the criticism, he made yet another unbelievable and shocking comment. That proved the right to make a city about abortion. Him being born, that's proved the right to be, that's a very, very good defense I have for abortion right to him. Look, look at him and say, why don't you abort him when he was born? He would have made that stupid statement, right? Shocking, right? Well, if you think this is bad, Democrat Pennsylvania State Representative Brian Sims proves that he can go even one step further in the crazy behavior. Sims is an LGBT activist as well as a pro-abortion advocate, but it seems that he also has a fanatical personal hatred for pro-lifers. He posted some videos on his social media of himself harassing pro-life people who were praying outside a particular abortion clinic. The first video that went viral was of him harassing an elderly woman who was peacefully praying her rosary outside a Planned Parenthood clinic. Now I'll show you a little clip of that video. Who would have thought that an old white lady would be out in front of a Planned Parenthood telling people what's right for their bodies? Shame on you. Shame on you for hiding your face at the same time that you're shaming other people. Again, the same laws that protect me, protect you, and, and that's okay. You're allowed to be out here. That doesn't mean that you have a moral right to be out here. Shame on you. What you're doing here is disgusting. You must have something to say. You've had something to say to every single woman that's come in here, every single couple that's come in here. You've had something to say, something to hand them. And yet now that you're on camera, you have nothing to say and nothing to do about this. Shame on you. There's not a person coming here that needs your advice on what to do with their bodies. Not one. An old white lady telling people what's right to do with their bodies. Shame on you. Shame. Shame. Shame on you. There's no faith that tells you you are right and everybody else is wrong. There's no faith that tells you it's your job to stand out here and shame people for something that they have a right to do. This is disgusting. This is wrong. This is shameful. Shortly after this video was discovered on his social media account, another video of his came to light where this time around he was harassing teenage girls and threatening them of exposing their names and addresses online. Now here's a bit of that video. Uh, Representative Brian Sims here and I am outside the Planned Parenthood at Southeastern Pennsylvania. Oh, no, they're leaving now. What we've got here is a bunch of protesters, a bunch of pseudo-Christian protesters who've been out here shaming young girls for being here. Hi. And so here's the deal. I've got $100 to anybody who will identify any of these three. So we're going to donate to Planned Parenthood. I'm going to donate to Planned Parenthood. So look, a bunch of war. white people standing out in front of a Planned Parenthood shaming I'm people. Really There's nothing Christian about what you're doing. I'm nothing Christian at all about what you're doing. Hi, nothing Christian or loving or godly about what you're doing. So I've got $100 to anybody who will identify who this Remember that this is a member of the Pennsylvania State Congress, yet he is running around harassing and threatening peaceful pro-life people, especially women and teenage girls. This is a huge abuse of his position of power. Following the exposure of his videos, there has been a huge backlash on Brian Sims, and thousands of people have been asking online for his resignation. 
There was even a pro-life rally against bullying which was held outside the same Planned Parenthood abortion clinic. These are indeed crazy times and pro-abortion politicians in America seem to be embracing even more extreme positions on the issue of abortion. The reason I decided to share these two stories about John Rogers and Brian Sims, even though I knew that many people had heard about it in America, is for the benefit of people who are watching me today who might be in countries where abortion has not been legalized. You are probably being told by abortion lobbyists that abortion is good, it's all just to make society kinder and more compassionate to women. I just need you to realize one thing. This is what legalization of abortion does to politicians. This is where society goes once you decide to embrace abortion for any given reason that the lobbyists are pushing upon you. Once a country heads in this particular direction, you are heading for disaster. Politicians then become extreme. They come out boldly. They come out and they harass people who are peaceful. They come out and they try to crush pro-life people. This is a direction that no country should ever take. To the next segment, which is what I have been up to lately. I was at the March for Life UK, which was held at the Parliament Square in London, and quite a privilege for me that I got to speak this year. I was one of the keynote speakers right there at the Parliament Square. I will not say much more about it, but let me just share with you the amazing, amazing clips that came from the March for Life UK. going to recommend to you today, I want to recommend to you a fantastic book by a young woman, Leah Mills. 
Leah's story begins when she was 12 years old, where she decided to take part in a speech competition at her school. Now, this competition encouraged children to choose any topic and every topic possible. And Leah decided to choose the topic of abortion. I will share with you a bit of the speech that she prepared for this competition. What if I told you that right now someone was choosing if you were going to live or die? What if I told you that this choice wasn't based on what you could or couldn't do, what you've done in the past, or what you would do in the future? And what if I told you you could do nothing about it? Fellow students and teachers, thousands of children are right now in that very situation. Someone is choosing, without even knowing them, whether they are going to live or die. That someone is their mother, and that choice is abortion. Every day, 115,000 children are dying through abortion. 115,000. That means that 5,000 children would die every hour. All those lives, gone. All that potential, gone. And all that hope and future, gone. Now, the full speech, I'm going to share the link in the show notes today so that you can actually watch the entire five-minute speech. Everything about this speech, how she prepared for it, what happened to her, and the backlash she had following this speech, she actually recorded in this fantastic book, An Inconvenient Life. An Inconvenient Life by Leah Mills. I'm also going to share a link in the show notes so that you can know how to get it. But I recommend this book to you highly. It's a fantastic book. It's a phenomenal story by a phenomenal woman. Uh, and I say this from my own experience and also just from how, uh, how much this book impacted me. So we've come to the end of today's episode of Connect the Dots with Obianuju. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Don't forget to click on the little bell so that you'll get notifications. And for those who want to listen to me while they commute, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. I'll see you here next month.